When the praises go up, God's glory comes down. In the midst of our praise, sweet victory is found. Oh, heaven will hear and echo the sound. When the praises go up, the glory comes down.
worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Jehovah, my peace, 
Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some, and right now, right now I'm losing bad. I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be to bring me down But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now Cause I know you're able and I know you can See through the fire with your takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains
so faithful, so constant, so loving and so true, so powerful in all you do. You fill me, you see me, you know my every move, and you love for me to sing to. I want to, uh, I know we, we've got a lot of people that's out, and that's okay. I don't know people's lives. You know, people have to do what they need to do. And, uh, but I praise God that you're here. And I thought coming in this morning, yeah, we're, we're lacking singers and musicians and all kinds of things. But those that came, came prepared. And I'm glad. I listened to the songs, and like Bobby was talking about, 
and I can feel the presence of God and what he's helped their mind choose. Because, see, God always is talking to us. God is always dealing with where we are in life. He loves us. We're his children. Do you know Jesus Christ calls us his bride? And Connie brought that up this morning. We're the ones that he loves. They're, we're his chosen one. And I don't care who you are or where you come from. If you accept Christ, you belong to him. And it comes by the invitation that was said this morning in Sunday school. I want to mention uh, Brother Eddie Swain. He lost his father this week too. And I want you to remember him, if you will. And I went up to the hospital the other day or up to hospice when my uncle was dying or They've got him in, had him in hospice. He died Friday. But I got to send, spend a lot of time with a cousin of mine, and we talked. He had lost his father years ago. Uh, that's Steve, my cousin Steve. And I told him, you know, I spent a lot of time up there at the hospital with him back when we were both 29 years old. He lost his father. was about 55. He reminded me of Dustal. He kind of got in the same situation, only it he passed away after about eight weeks, and uh, Dustal got better. But I thought about that this week because I told him up there, as much as I grieved with you, Steve, I did not know what it meant to lose my father until I was, my father was 85 when he died. I had him all them years. He had lived a long time without his father, and it was just him and his mother, and uh, but I praise God that I know God sees every heart. He knows every need. I'm glad that when it comes down to it, God never fails us. And he's always for us, like that song they just sung. He's for me. He's with me. He's on my side. I don't know what the world's side's on. I don't know where they're coming from sometimes. But yet I do know. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. I want you to hear something that you probably heard all your life, but I want to talk about it today, and I want you to get it in your mind. Did you know that you have been created in the image of God? Don't look in the mirror and tell me you're not, but you are. I don't care what you think you look like. I want you to understand something. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female he created them. Now I want you to hear that. I want you to get that in your mind. Because you got to understand God never said that about nothing else but you. He didn't say that about anything else. But when man came into the garden, Adam and Eve, and God walked with them, in the garden, and all of this image that we are created in his image, I want you to understand something. Man messed up that image. Because when you look at man past the failing, the sin of Adam and Eve, and you look at their sons, Cain and Abel, and the, and the death, and how the, how the uh, blood of Abel cried from the ground, I want you to understand something. The image that God had created man destroyed it. Man tore it down. Because see, God can't have a relationship with something made in his image that is broken. It's broken. It's destroyed. It's, 
it's let in the wrong. God doesn't give in to evil. God created us to be his children. Now, God knew this was going to happen. But I want you to understand something. When you look at that, I want you to hear this because God knows where we're at. When Jesus Christ was sent, when the plan of God from the beginning of time was already in place, Jesus Christ can bring you back to the image of God. Now, I want you to hear it. And you may say to yourself, no, I'm just not measuring up. Yes, I know you're not. I'm not measuring up myself. But can I tell you something? He made a way for us to get back into the right relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's where, we, that's where we was when he started. He created man in his image to have a relationship with somebody that had feelings like he had. Do you know God has a heart? Do you know God has feelings? Do you know God desires a relationship just like you desire to be loved? God desires to be loved. I'm going to say some things today Seems real simple, but I think sometimes man and man's imagination has taken him everywhere. And when he talked about the flood, he talked about the wickedness of man. The imagination of man had gotten more wicked and more wicked. That's why God destroyed mankind and saved Noah and those eight. But it's called wickedness and the imagination of man. Did you know the imagination of man's gone crazy today? How many knows that's true? You know what? They are, they, they are legalizing evil everywhere you look. They'll legalize your abortions. That's not God. That, God didn't create us to kill babies. God didn't create us for man and man to live to, uh, to sleep together and women to women to sleep together. God didn't create that. That's not God's image. God didn't, God didn't plan this uh, gentle problem that we were supposedly having. How many knows that's the imagination of man? It's gone crazy. And our children are the ones that's paying the price for this. Our young people are paying the price for this. They're growing up thinking, why do our parents tell us that those things are okay? Why ain't they making a stand and saying, that's not of God? And I'm talking about the church ain't even making the statement that that's not of God. You say, I'm too hard. Maybe you think I'm in the past. I'm going to tell you something. The old man I'm not talking about, the old man died. The old man took over and tried to run what God had made in him. But the old man had to be put down. And only Jesus can destroy the old man. When, he, when you said it this morning, Connie, God shut the door on the boat. Guess what? God didn't. My wife said it to me as soon as you said that. Did God open back the door? And I said, I don't know. And she started looking it up. And I said, no, he didn't open the door. You know what he said? When he got to them where they got to the ark was to be, he said, go forth. Can I tell you something? I can't destroy the enemy that's defeating me. But in Jesus, I can. He gave us the power to walk out of the old man and put on the new man. And from that time on, I'm to walk by faith and be obedient. Now listen to me, Christian. God can open all kinds of doors for you. He can do all kinds of things in your future walk. But you have to make up your mind 
The old man's behind me. God shut the door on him, and there's power to stop him. He cannot get back in. And you can walk for him. You can walk in the image of God. And he provided it through his son and through the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to bring all that out this morning and bring some of it out tonight. But I want you to hear what I'm going to do. I want you to turn, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to uh, to, uh, Daniel, the third chapter. In the image of God. But look at Daniel 3. Because God said something in Moses' laws. God brought this up. And I want you to hear this before I read Daniel 3. God said to Moses, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And don't make any graven image. And don't bow down to them and serve them. Thou shalt, verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or is under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of them that hate him. Why? Because they are turning around and idolizing something else instead of saying, my God took care of me. Now listen to what I'm telling you, because I'm going to get back to this in a minute. But I want to go to Daniel, the third chapter. And I want you to see what a wicked king did, or a king that is no, he has no uh, intention or knows God at all. He don't know God, and he has no intention of walking into his image. He's, he's brought up by God. God brought him up to correct Israel because his own people were out of place. You know God will bring people into your life that are more wicked than you, but they're trying. God's using them to help you get your act together. Sometimes you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. I can get a bad boss, and I can blame it all on the boss. But the truth is God's trying to show me you need to learn to, to uh, be obedient to me. And you're not even being obedient to your boss that you don't like. I mean, those God deals with us. He deals with us different ways. That's what he's did with Israel. In Daniel 3, look at this. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Last week we talked about the, the uh, four kingdoms. Uh, the head of gold. Daniel told him about the head of gold and all the things And he would be the head of gold. Well, here this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, decides he's going to make an image of of gold whose height is three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. What does that mean? Three-fourths a cubit? A cubit was measured by this right here. You take your elbow to your fingertips. That's what they basically measured a cubit. It's best I can understand it of what they did years ago. And that's about a foot and a half. And now, obviously, God knew the size of Noah's arm when he told him to build the ark. So maybe God knew, and maybe it would be off a few inches on mine. I don't know. Mine might be longer than somebody else's. I don't know. I'm just telling you, roughly, it's it's a, a foot and a half. Well, if it says a cubit, a cubit's a foot and a half, Three score is 60. 60 cubits is 90 feet high. Now you're looking at a statue of gold 90 feet high. 
And you're also, it says, in the breadth of it, that means the width of it, was six cubits. That means nine foot wide. So you're looking at nine foot wide and 90 foot high. He made an image. This is what this king decided to do. And you know what? We got people doing that today. They won't put statues of themselves or they won't put their name upon everything because they want their people to remember them. Let's brag about what they have accomplished. Let me tell you something, other. We're nothing without God. But this king did this. Listen to this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 2, the king sent together all the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and rulers of the province to come and to dedicate the, to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. He brought all these just like they do today. They build a sports arena. They want you to all come and worship at the sports arena. And I, you know what? I love sports. Don't get, I'm not picking on everything, but I want you to hear me. We have to understand where the idolism is here today of what they're talking about then. But this king had no intention of anything to do with God. But he has built an image. Now, I want you to hear this. It goes on down at verse 4. And then he gets a herald, somebody that cries out to make statement. And the king tells him, cry aloud. To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and language, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, all these musical instruments, sackbutt, uh, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that, that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever or whoso falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now you all know where I'm going. You know the story. But I want you to hear something that we don't see today. We don't have three Jewish boys that says to themselves, I'm not bowing to no king. I'm not bowing to no king's idol. See, we got a church world that is bowing to all kinds and accepting all kinds of things coming in from the evil, and we're not even standing up against it. Now, you may think I'm a horrible person. You may think I'm getting on your nerve. You might have family members that's involved in this. But can I tell you something? I can't change what God's Word is. God's Word is telling us that we're to take the stand. And the three Hebrew boys, listen to me, there were all kinds of young men that when Babylon took over Israel and they took them, they took all the young men. Why? They wanted to nurture them up in the Babylonian way and turn them from Jewish people to accept all this. Guess what America's doing? We quit being the Christian nation. We're taking in anybody and everybody with their gods and their ideals and their imagination and we're turning our children into people that don't even know who God is. I'm sorry to tell you. It's a fact. You might as well write it down. You say some of this you talk about is past. Some of it, it's already happened. What do we do? I'll still tell you what we're to do. Take the stand. Take the stand. Quit giving in to what the enemy's doing. I don't care how far they think it's gone. They'll tell you the homosexuals have took over and that they're into everything. But can I tell you something? There are a very, very small minority of people compared to all the people in the world. What in the world's wrong with our churches? 
What's wrong with our people taking a stand? What's wrong with mothers and fathers that have to look at little children trying to learn what is right and wrong and they can't even tell them the truth? And our school system has accepted it and they're pushing it. Okay, I know you all want me to get off the subject. It's a fact. I don't know how to get around it. I don't even know how to ignore the subject. I'm sorry, but every time I read the Bible, I realize God's correcting us all the time. On down, it says these Chaldeans that had to bow down when they began to worship, when the music started playing, they noticed those Jews whom thou, verse 12, those certain, there are certain Jews whom Thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. While the king, Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spake unto these, unto them, and said, is it true? You know what? We don't even get that. They don't come and ask you, is it true? You don't believe in the homosexuals' right to do what they're doing? Or you don't believe in the, in the gays' right or the transgenders' rights? Or you don't believe in all these? They pin you down a lot of times and act that way, but a lot of times they don't ask you nothing. They'll pass laws and tell you how it's going to be. And I'm going to tell you something other. We have to step in there sometimes, and sometimes you're going to make a wave whether they like it or they don't like it. But somebody needs to speak the truth. How long and how far and how many children are going to be destroyed because you're feeding poison to their mind before you stop and say, wait a minute, that's not right. Anyway, this King Nebuchadnezzar's brings them before him. He says, do not you serve my God or worship the golden image? He says, now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the coronet, he's given them another chance. The flute, the harp, and all these musics, you fall down and worship which I have made, then that's well. King says, I'll give you another chance. I'm going to have them play the music and if you fall down and worship my image, everything's going to be all right. He's going to give them a break. Listen to this. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. You know what? King's pride's up on the stake. King's pride's going to be hurt if he can't force these, two, these three Hebrew boys to bow down and worship. Because he made an idol and he's making everybody do it. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand, King said. My God's faithful. Liz, my God's faithful. My, I don't have to worry about where the problem. I don't worry about whether I get thrown in jail. They probably don't want me in jail if they got me in there. They wouldn't want me. And I'm sure, just like Paul, the last place they want to put you is next to another Christian. Because all of a sudden, you're going to get your own thing going. Because you know that God's with you. Believe that God's with you everywhere. 
He's for me. I don't care what happens in this world. He's on my side. I can't help if my children don't love me or my grandchildren don't want to be around me. I'll still tell you, i got to stand up for Jesus. I don't have nothing to give them. There ain't enough money to change anything that they have a problem with. There's not enough things. I'm not wise enough to change them. And if I talk them into it, somebody else will talk them out of it. They need God. You know it, I know it. You need him, I need him. We all need him every day. He is the only way. Then it says in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. They just sung this. David and them just sung this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery, burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, be it known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You think that that just made them feel real goosey inside? Oh, I'm really tough. I'm a, three, I'm a little Hebrew boy, and I stood up for myself. You think that's what they walked away feeling? No, they knew as soon as they said it, they were going into the fiery furnace. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Just as sure as you take a stand, the enemy will point to you and say, you're going to pay for that. And I can tell you, they'll shut down anybody and destroy anybody and make you look guilty if you wasn't guilty. Because the enemy don't play fair. But God knows who you are. God's got your name written down, and you belong to him. And I am for you, he says. And the enemy has no power to do anything that I don't let him do. And if you go into jail, guess what? I'm going to use you to the good. Don't you worry about this little bitty brief time in this life. You're just going to go through it and you're going home with me. And the world's going to pay the price for what's going on. Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and a visage, his form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and therefore he spake and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated. On down verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar, king, this is after they realized nothing happened. Listen, the people that, the men, the soldiers, that they told to go and throw them three Hebrew children in the furnace, it got so hot, it killed the men that brought them up there, struck them down. That was so high. But they threw them three Hebrew children. Now I want you to look at them fingers. There's three of them. Three of them in the fiery furnace. But listen to me. Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste. Verse 24. And he spake and he said to the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now I want you to hear something. That's not only exciting, but that's the only time you see the fourth man right there. 
He don't come out of the fire. No, you know what? He's in the fire with you. But you ain't got to worry about it because see right past this, their three are going to walk right back out. But the fourth man came into the fire with them and was protecting them in the fire. How I many here's what I'm saying? So wherever you are put and however bad the trial is and however bad the problem is, quit worrying about it. The fourth man in the fire is with you. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, and there ain't a day before the day you leave, breathe your last breath that he ain't with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always. I'll never leave you. Praise God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth, come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of fire. And the prince, and the governors, and the captains, and the kings, and the counselors being to gathered together saw these men. How many knows God let those men see that their God, the Hebrew God, was the true God? He let all these big sheriffs and all these governors and all these people stand around knew exactly what happened. He let them see what was happening. I, I praise God when he shows up. I, I don't want him to show up, but sometimes I'm just tickled to death when I see what God's doing. I just want to smile and say, that's my God. He's my friend. He loves me. I don't know why he loves me, but he loves me. Why does he love me? Why does he care so much about us? We are building his image. We're to be him. We're not to build some other image. Quit looking out into the world and imagining what you should be, could be, want to be. Listen to me. You're who God made you. Be what God has given you. Be it with all you've got inside your heart. Die to yourself. And arise in him. It says on past that, it says, And the princes, governors, captains, counselors, gathered gathered, saw these men upon whose the bodies the fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither was their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Listen to me. They came out of there seven times hotter, and they couldn't even smell smoke on them. No smell of fire, no nothing. Why? Because our God's bigger than the fire. He is our, our you know what? It ain't in the mountain. It ain't in that storm. God didn't send that storm down there to destroy people. But I want to tell you something. God can hold his hand upon his own right in the midst of the storm. And he can take care. He don't put evil things on us. We open the door to the enemy. We open the door to those things. Then we cry out, oh God, protect it, stop it. But God's saying, you're pushing me out of your country. You're pushing me out of your schools. You're pushing me out of your homes. We have to turn around and say, wait a minute. I am going to take the stand God gave me to stand on. And if I take my stand, he will protect me. Might not be always rosy. I might not get to sit in my uh, recliner every day and smile and eat ice cream. 
you know. Some days I might get that, but. And then sometimes I hurt, like, oh, get out, and I wonder why, what did I do, and how come me, and all that other junk. But can I tell you something? Those times when I feel his presence, those times when I feel him say to me that he loves me, that he puts his arms around me, that he lets me know in the worst of times that I'm still with you. I know I can raise my heart to him and say, Lord, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for loving me, for being tender and compassionate toward me. I don't deserve it. None of us do. But he chose you, and he chose me. Praise God. And he can remove me tomorrow. He removed some of the best people you ever read about throughout this Bible. He removed them just like nothing and put somebody else in their place. Sometimes I look around at some of the big ministries that's fell or some of the ministries that uh, some of them's died and gone on, and I think back of some of them, and I think, oh, we need those men. We need those people standing up for God in our nation. But can I tell you something? When God took them out, it was the right time. And God knows what he's doing today. He's trying to wake up his church. There's not a one of you that ain't smart enough to get up and do anything. You can read all kinds of books. You can go anywhere in this world. You can go get on an airplane. You're smart enough to do your own business and all that. But you can't sit down and read God's word and know that God is telling you, take your stand. Because that's the most important thing you'll do. You only got a short time to do it. Praise God. Don't mean to holler at you. <clears throat> I want to turn to Deuteronomy 4 real quick. Deuteronomy 4 says, Take ye therefore good heed. Four, this is 15. Take, this is Moses is warning the people that's going to go in the promised land. This is in Deuteronomy 4, 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourself, for you saw no manner of similitude, similitude, whatever they call it, on the day of the Lord, that the Lord spake unto you in, in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Now why am I reading that? I want you to hear this. He is, he's talking about the time that God came and filled the whole mountain. Remember when God told Moses to bring the people to the mountain, the children of Israel? And he said, I'm going to light up the whole mountain. He lit up the whole mountain and the mountain was shaken. And the mountain was on fire in places. And the people were afraid to go near. And they said, Moses, you go talk to God. We don't want to get that close to God. I mean, here's what I'm saying. But he's using this example for a reason. Listen to what I'm saying. When he talks about the similitude, he's talking about don't make no image of God there. Just because you look up on a mountain, just like they did in the, the heathen nations, looked at the sun and they began to worship the sun because the sun had heat to it. They worshiped the river. We talked about Egypt last week. Egypt had the river going by the Nile and they worshiped the Nile. They worshiped the animals that came out of the water. They worshiped the frogs. They worshiped the, the calves, they worshiped all kinds of stuff. God is telling them, don't rear up anything. Now listen to me. I'm trying to get to a point. There is no image for, for God. Hear what I'm telling you. 
Hear what I'm saying because I'm going to show you what that means. There's no image of man building a statue that's going to put an image of God. You can put a picture like they got up here at the Rock Church or whatever it is of what you think Christ looks like and you can build a big giant statue. But can I tell you, and sometimes they do that picture song and Duran will hold this picture up on that, in that song, a picture of Jesus. It's beautiful, you know. It might be what he looks like. I have no idea. But I can tell you right now, I don't need his image. I don't need that picture to know who I'm talking about. See, I know who's in my heart. I know who loves me. I know who spoke to my soul and told me I was lost. And I can tell you right now, that's what we need. We need to portray Christ. We don't need to put images out and expect people to run to God. They're not going to run to that image no more than they're going to run to the image of the homosexual or the religion. You know, they can... They can uh, they criticize a Catholic religion for putting up stuff like that, but the Pentecostals are getting just about as bad as the, as the Catholics, doing the same stuff. We idolize everything instead of idolizing God. He says that. Look at verse the next verse, 16. Lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image. A similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. And you know, when you go into these other nations that rose up against Israel, last week we was talking about all those nations, the Babylonians, Medes, Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. When you do, you find out they built idols to every kind of God there was. And they worshiped. Some of them were the fertility gods. Some of them were the prosperity gods. Some of them were all these gods that they gave credit. And they would actually offer a baby, a sacrifice to that god to get more babies. Thinking that that would please the god. They'd pick out a real uh, beautiful, perfect baby and offer it. And want, want that god to give them more babies. That, how many knows man's imagination is just comes right out of the enemy. See, we have to learn. We don't go by this. We don't go by this mind that throws us completely off. We have to stay with the truth of what God's Word says. If you don't implant it in your heart, you won't know what's right. If you don't read Him, if you don't see Him. And that's why our world is so messed up. Our churches have fallen away from trusting God. They don't fall away from talking about God. They don't have prayer meetings. They don't have Bible studies that people are hungry to know what God is wanting to say to them. See, I need help every day. I don't have, there's not a service hardly that we have that I, I tell you right now we could double those services and I still need them because I need to talk to God every day. I don't need vacation from God. I, can tell you, I love taking a vacation but I don't need a vacation from God. I need to go with him everywhere I go. He goes on to say, the likeness of any beast, likeness of any winged fouled air, the likeness of any creeping thing on the ground, the likeness of any fish in the water beneath, lest thou lift up thine eyes to heaven when thou seest the sun, the moon, the stars, even all the host of heaven. Don't even worship the angels. How many here's what I'm saying? You don't even idolize the angels. They're created beings. You know who is God? He's God. There is only one God. And it says, shouldest be driven 
to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God had divided into all nations under the whole heaven. God has given us the sun that goes over the whole nation, all the world. It goes over the evil and the good. Praise God. God has provided everything for man to live. But man's sin is what's keeping us from the image of what we're supposed to be. Listen to what I'm telling you. Isaiah 40, 18. Listen to what God says here in Isaiah. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? Think about that. Do you stand up the God of Dagon? Do you stand him up next to the God of a statue of your God? Listen to me. There is no statue of God. You hear what I'm telling you? There is no image, statue of God. Get that out of your mind because that's the imagination of man. Man wants to take on this thing of, I know how to correct this. I know how to fix this problem. God knows you can't fix the problem. God knows if you don't turn to him, you ain't got no fixer in you. Sorry, that ain't English, but something like it. What image would you liken God? Acts, all the way over in New Testament, Acts 17, 29, Paul talking up on Mars Hill. He said, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to a gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. Wow. Paul said it pretty clear, didn't he? To be in the New Testament... After Christ has done the work, he makes the statement that the Godhead is not like gold, silver. You don't idolize those things with gold, silver, things like that. That's not what makes you impressed with God. Does that impress you with God that they put a, a golden, if we turned all of everything in here to gold, would this be a better place to worship? I don't think so. I don't care if we had Bamboo sticking out the walls. Can I tell you something? If God's here, we're happy. If God's presence shows up, I want to praise him. When I sit over there and feel the presence of God moving through the songs, I take praise God. He spoke to somebody's heart today, and we're all sharing it. My God showed up. I didn't just get up and come to church because it's my duty. I come because I want to feel his presence. And I want to know he's working on me and he's working on you. And if you've got problems, bring them to Jesus. He's the answer. It never changed. Praise God. I'm trying to finish, but I've got to tell you this. In John, the first chapter, The 18th verse, John said this, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is Jesus, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Listen to what I'm telling you. God sent his only begotten Son from his bosom. What is his bosom? That's where the mother holds that baby so close 
right there. It's in the bosom. It's in the heart of who God is. Jesus was in the heart of who God was. And the plan was, we'll send one to pay the price for man's sin. And Jesus was the one that came forth. He came as a person and he paid our price. Now you want to know why we're to teach our children to read God's word? You want to know why that we're supposed to stay with what God's saying? Because guess what? He sent his only begotten son. All of these scriptures point to Jesus. Why? Because he is the only image of God there is. Listen to what I'm telling you. He is the true image of God. When you see him, you've seen the Father. How many's heard that before? That's in Scripture. It's in John, the 14th chapter. In the seventh verse, he says, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth. That means from now on, he's talking to his disciples. You know him, and you have seen him. Uh-oh. Philip, Philip, the questionable one, has to ask the question. He says, wait a minute. Say, he, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll, it'll satisfy us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show us the Father? Praise God. Jesus told him exactly what he needed to hear. More or less, Philip, what do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to go up into heaven where God says no man could see my face? That's in, I believe it's in the... Uh, what, 320 or something other of Exodus? But he says, no man has seen my face and lived. So he let, uh, no, it's 33. 3320 or something back in uh, where Moses, where Moses uh, was hitting the rock. And he let him see the hinder part of him going by. All Moses got to see was a blur went by. He just saw the hinder part of God. He never really saw God's face. And God said, nobody will see my face and live. Why? Because we're out of the image of God. Until we get back into the image of God, we can't live with him. Uh-oh. I know I'm crossing right over into the end of the book. But I want you to hear something. We got a goal here. We got a purpose. We're not a church just sitting here waiting to die. We're not here waiting for some pie in the sky. We're waiting for him to finish the work that he's doing. And we're going to be where he is. Praise God. Believe not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak, I speak to you. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Jesus never came to glorify himself. He came to glorify the Father, and the Father glorified him and the work that he did. But I wanted you to know something. He made us. He said, let us make man in our image. The us, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, they're working the same plan. Guess where we fit in? Jesus paid it all. God's plan was Jesus would pay it all. We come to him and surrender ourselves. We come and he takes the old man, like the baptism thing that Connie, you started to bring up. 
takes the baptism. He washes us. We go backwards in it, and it ain't water. This is talking about accepting Christ. You go back into your, uh, and you say, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I'm a sinner, and I'm lost. So I go backwards. And then when I come up, I come up a new man. The old man's dead. I couldn't kill him. Jesus took care of it. He forgave me of everything I did wrong. Praise God. He forgave me. He put me back into a place where I can have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Jesus paid that price for every one of us. You can either have it or you can ignore it. You can go back and keep looking for your imagination of how you think you need to run your life and how you need to do things, but I'll still tell you, it comes back down to the same story. And it'll be there just like it was for my uncle at 90 years old. The same questions are going to be straight right, right at your face. What have you done with Jesus? What have you done with Jesus in your life that loves you, that's reaching out and drawing you to him? Who is the image of the invisible God? Colossians 1.15. Who, who is it? Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about. Who is that image of God? His name is Jesus. When you see Jesus, and listen to me, you don't need to serve him at a distance as a name that he just put on a wall or just something you read in the Bible. You need to serve him and know that he's your true Savior, that he truly forgave you, that he truly paid your price. Listen to me, you got to receive this by faith, and you got to walk this by faith. You can't put up some image and say, boy, our church, they don't really know how to praise God. They really know how to preach God's word. No, I'm going to tell you something. We're just learning to be in the place where we realize we're only the image of God as we walk in Christ. That's who we are. If we ain't walking in Christ, we're not walking in the image of God. And you know what's the truth? You get away from God and it's real, real, real straight true to you. Get backed away from God a little bit, and all of a sudden you'll say, Lord, I can't even make a good decision. I'm liable to snap at my wife. I'm liable to snap at my kids. I'm liable to snap at the guy driving. I'm liable to do anything because I get away from God, and all of a sudden I realize I ain't living no image of God. Somebody sees me and looks at me wrong, and I want to bump them off the road. Maybe you ain't like that, you know. Some people need to be bumped off the road or at least give them a little attitude adjustment. I know, you ain't got no problems. I, I, got, I got work on mine. God's still working on me. God said in Hebrews 1, back, come on back up. God said in Hebrews 1, 1, God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times passed by the fathers, by, uh, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in the last day spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Praise God. That tells me right there, Carl. My Savior was the express image of the Father. You cannot separate them. 
When you look at Jesus, guess what? You're looking at the Father. He walked with the Father. He knew the Father's heart. He never did anything that he wasn't trying to please the Father. He never committed sin like you and I. Praise God. We serve a true God. We serve a true Savior. Everything that was provided for this image that God made in the beginning, he made it through his Son and through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to his name. How can we ever lift him up enough? How can we ever praise him enough? Just the fact that you sat here today and you're cleaned up in your right mind is a miracle. Only comes from God. It's not because your mommy and daddy. It's not because your grandma and grandpa. It's because Jesus Christ paid the price that you and I could not even touch. And our Heavenly Father knew we were on the outside with no way back in. So he sent his son to pay our price. Oh, what a blessing it is to know him. And upholding all things by the word of his, his power, where he had been by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Then Hebrew 2.9 says, but we see Jesus. How many sees Jesus today? We see Jesus. Do you see Jesus today, who he really is? Listen to me. You've got to get a hold of this. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. First John 3, 2, beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doesn't appear what we're going to be. Listen to this. We are the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. How many knows what they're going to look like when they get to heaven? You like what you're looking at now? Let me tell you something. God's got a plan. I don't know what I'm going to look like. It's like I told my wife, I can die and you, you can marry five other men. God knows how to work it out when he get there. I ain't worried about it. I hope they all make it. But I can tell you right now, this physical ain't going to run me backwards. This physical ain't going to draw me back into the old man imagination. I'm going to stay with what God says. If he didn't tell me, I don't need to know it. Praise God. And I know it's going to be better on the other side. I know it's going to be good and right and holy and pure. And we're going to walk with him and talk with him. And I'm going to see people that I've been waiting to see for a long time. i got a mother and father that I'm still looking forward to seeing their faces. They wasn't perfect, neither am I. But I'm going home to be with Jesus. And one of these days, we're going to sing those songs. Walk down the streets of glory. And we'll cry, Timothy and Mark and Luke and all of those around. And we'll be able to run and talk to them and enjoy it. I look forward to where Jesus is. He's gone away to prepare a better place, a place that me and you can go to.
But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Wow, there's the key to it, the whole thing. See, I couldn't be like Jesus until I accept. I can't be in the image of God until Jesus comes into me. Hear me, hear me what I'm saying. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you can't be in the image of God because he is the image of God. He's what gives us our image of God. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. Nothing. Nothing this world has got. No imagination, however smart man gets. All the wisdom that we've got everywhere. You know what? I appreciate smart people. I appreciate smart doctors. I appreciate smart lawyers. I speak, appreciate smart people. But the truth is, if they leave God out, I don't, I don't care if I ever meet them. I'll tell you the honest truth. I don't want their input. I don't want their attitude. And I can tell you right now, I, you know what? I'd vote. I'll vote what's right every time I'll vote. What I feel in my heart is right. And I won't vote for people that I know are against God and gets what his word says. But can I tell you something? Trump ain't my answer. Jesus Christ has got to be my answer. He is, he is a man that I pray for every day because I say, oh God, if you're going to use him, you're going to have to look beyond his faults to see it. And if you rescue uh, this nation for any of maybe you can use him to the good. I pray you do. But can I tell you something? When he can't come to God, look out. When he can't see that he needs Jesus, we're, we're, I'm wanting to put our marbles behind him. I'm not putting my marbles in his basket that way. And I pray God that God will help us nation. We need to do right things. And I'm not trying to bust nobody's bubble. Because I can tell you right now, I know what I'd vote for. But we need Jesus. More than anything, we need Jesus. We ain't never had another answer. He is the only answer. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. If you don't know him, if you have not accepted him, listen to me, it's not what you think. It's what he says. You surrender yourself and take by faith, Lord. I need you. I'm lost and I need a Savior. And I promise you, he'll answer your cry. Your cry will wake the Master. Cry from the depths of your heart. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you with my family. I need you with my children. I need you with my grandchildren. I need you with my cousins and those that I love. Lord, help me to say the right words, not to condemn them, but to show them how much Jesus loves them. Don't you want to rescue people? I want to rescue. I, you know what I saw last night when I was laying in the bed? I could see the lifeline. I could see the boat going by. The boat's going by, and they got that little round white ring, and people are drowning. And all you got to do is throw them the lifeline. But people don't want it. See, I see Jesus going by, and people's ignoring him. And we're trying to throw out the lifeline. Christian, throw out the lifeline to somebody. 
they need to see Jesus. If they get a hold of Jesus and get in the boat, they'll be safe forevermore. We need him. Our world needs him. Our families need him. It starts with me and you. Start walking it in you. See what God's going to do tomorrow. God knows. If this church continues, it'll be because these young climb out of this. And don't worry about what imaginations of the world think. You know, they say just, just let everybody do what they want. I don't care. I, I remember 10, 12 years ago they used to say, I don't care what they do in their yard or on the other side of the fence. I care. I care what they do on the other side of the fence. I care what they're doing in their house. Why? Because those same people are voting in my, in my uh, own city. They're voting in my own street. And I don't want people to, to be wicked and live in that way. Because they're going to hinder you, your children, and your whole nation. We have to take the stand that God gave us. We cannot pay, play the passive game. It's our responsibility. If you see it, pray about it. Pray God will open the door. Pray that God will send somebody. If it's not you, send somebody to reach out and touch them. I don't mean to be condemning. I'm not trying to throw this at anybody. But I want you to know God's calling his church. And he knows where we are. I want to live this. I don't want to talk about it. I want to live it. I want to walk it. I thank him for what he's brought forth today. But you and I have to take this stuff to heart. Read his word. It speaks personal to you. While they sing something, if you need to pray, you come. Jesus. 
I thank you for your patience today. I know this is a different message, but I want you to hear it because I know it's what God put on my heart. Enemy done everything in the world to me this week, try to stop me in my tracks and even telling me that you're not going to make that explained right at all. You're not going to, you're going to mess that all up. But you know what? It's one verse here. Paul said, lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man and his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. We're created after his image. And Jesus brought us back to that. In Christ, you can be in the image of God. And that's what our world is not seeing. They don't see our Savior. They don't see that he can change a life. That he can make us new.